Hi everyone, it's Mandy Schulte of Schulte Corporated Attorneys. Today we are having a conversation with advocate Julia Anderson of the Cape Bar. She's talking to us about the One Marriage Act, which is envisioned for South Africa. This is the second bill that's on the table for discussion. The first one was in 2008, but was never promulgated. Let's hear what advocate Anderson's views are on the new bill. To our listeners out there today, we are speaking to advocate uh, Julia Anderson. I know Julia for many years, and Julia has been an advocate at the Cape Bar, and she specializes in matrimonial law with a special interest in children's law. So Julia, how long have you been at the bar? Oh, Mandy, you shouldn't ask questions like that. It makes me feel old. Um, I started in 1996, so that makes it about 25 years now. Yeah, that makes us equal because uh, the 8th of August this year is our 25th anniversary of the yes. film. Yeah, yes. so yeah, we've been growing together, I would say. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what made you specialize in matrimonial? Um, I think it was partly a product of the times. Um, when I started the bar, uh, women were not that common. Um, and uh, I suppose the stepchild was unwanted by most of the council at the bar, so it became a natural sort of place. But I also found that it was something that was particularly close to my heart, and I really enjoyed working with people who are in a very vulnerable time of their lives. Yeah, yeah. It's a very traumatic time for people when they go. I think so. Or even, you know, um, a lot of what we do is, is, has got to do with children being at the middle of a fight between parents. Yes. For um, my, on my side, I always see me being the advocate for the child, even though I can't directly act for the child. And um, I think you do the same. I, th I think that uh, because we are always aware that the children's um, interests are the are the uh, sort of paramount interest in any matter, that one must be aware at all times of the impact of any decision on a child. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Have you never considered to move away from matrimonial and do some of the easier stuff? <laughs> no, <laughs> not not at all. <laughs> <laughs> also, I've been thinking about it lately and um, every time I think you know what that's just where my passion lies my passion mm. I'm, I'm, I'm inherently I'm, I'm a warrior I'm an advocate and I'm fighting for the underdog and you know I think fighting for money just wouldn't do it for me <laughs> then, I, then I shouldn't share that there are many matters where I'm involved <laughs> Where people fight about their life savings. <laughs> true. That is also true. <laughs> Julia, in the last years, have you seen any change in how people behave? Is there any change in trends um, in the matrimonial field? Um, and Mandy, listen, this, this is one of the most interesting fields in that there is so much ongoing development. Um, 
and so many changes that happen all the time. Um, what I can tell you is that, the, that there is one positive aspect that came about with the Children's Act, in that before that, there used to be a lot of fighting between the parents um, who didn't want to see or where one parent didn't want to see a single custody situation, but want a joint custody, which is something that is now an automatic, really, in terms of joint decision-making and uh, uh, equal rights uh, in respect of parents um, to their children after divorce, which is, I think, a very positive um, aspect of the changes that have been brought about. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And that is a topic on its own. We can... We can talk for a whole hour just on that topic alone. <laughs> yes, we could. <laughs> Have you seen the increase in, um, um, I want to call it kind of, uh, what's the, the English word? A genipsigheid, you know, it's such a beautiful Afrikaans word, genipsigheid, mm. between mm. couples in the last years, or do you see a, a decrease in the acrimony? Uh, you know, Mandy, that's always a very difficult question for me to answer because unfortunately, because of the nature of my job in that I am the specialist litigant, people come to me when um, they really cannot settle. Um, yeah. And although one does one's best to try and uh, reduce the, the tension and to move people towards mediation, um, a lot of the time it is the... Um, big fights that mm. end up with with counsel mm. and then it's uh, very difficult to give you any indication of what may have happened yeah, yeah. I think I you as attorneys may be able to identify those trends more easily yeah I know on my side I'm definitely seeing we are mediating much more lately and as mm. you say it's the ones that cannot settle that uh, you know, get you and uh, you and, and council involved mm. in the big fights, if I can call yes. it. Yeah. 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 And um, there's something new on the table called yes. the, uh, the One Marriage Act. Do you want to tell us about that? Oh well, you know, um, I don't know whether I should be excited about a single marriage statute or whether I should be a little bit worried. Um, I've uh, um, read the discussion paper with a great deal of interest and have gone to some of the work groups um, in respect of this. Uh, but essentially, I think that there is um, a, a, a very positive move from the um, legislative side with regards to recognizing um, certain uh, marriages and relationships that weren't recognized in the past. Um, I don't have to tell you that um, until that act is legislated, we still have to rely on either the Marriage Act, the Recognition of Customary Marriages Act, or the Civil Unions Act, which leaves people who are um, part of religious marriages um, or people who are in um, long-term life partnerships out of the game. Yeah. Yeah, and from my side also, Julia, I don't know on your side, but on my side, I have a lot of couples that are not married that we need to mediate. And all mm -hmm. that we can mediate on is uh, the parenting plan. Mm -hmm. 
And I've got couples that's been together for 15, 20 years. Mom has mm. given up work just the same way as what it would have happened in marriage. Mm. But at this stage, she doesn't have any claims financially mm. whatsoever. Mm. Yes. Would this no, be I something think... that would be addressed? Yes, that's certainly something that the ad seeks to address. Um, I don't know how successfully. I have some difficulties about um, the practical implementation of it. But the idea behind the act is that this is a single statute that would cater for and recognize all unions um, under one form of legislation um, without repealing the existing legislation, um, but just um, really widening the categories of people um, and recognizing uh, different types of relationships and different types of marriages as uh, protected relationships that um, deserve um, the same protection as the other type of relationships that are recognized through the Civil Unions Act or the Marriage Act or the Customary um, Marriages Act. So what I'm understanding, Julia, is they are trying to, and in, in, in layman's terms, create something like a common law marriage, like what we know exists in foreign countries. Yes, so essentially what happens is that the, the Act does two things in broad terms. Um, the first is that it seeks to expand the definition of spouse. Um, and that is very, very important um, because by doing that, the Act is in fact um, saying that other pieces of legislation, such as the Pension Funds Act or the Income Tax Act uh, or an Interstate Succession Act, even the Maintenance of Surviving Spouses Act, all these different pieces of legislation will now um, also um, be operative in the field of um, people who don't have, um, or not in the past have recognition for their types of relationships. Yeah. That's the one very positive aspect. The other, of course, is that the Act has made it very clear that um, if one enters into a marriage or life partnership, um, the absence of registration of that relationship um, is not going to lead to the invalidity of the relationship. Um, and that could have very positive consequences for people when it comes to things like maintenance claims and uh, patrimonial claims. How long do you think it will be before they complete it and it be promulgated? <laughs> you, you're asking me to peer into a crystal ball. <laughs> so no, I don't, I don't know. What is positive is that we already have a draft bill. Um, in fact, we have two draft bills, and uh, that means that we're quite far advanced in the process. Um, so hopefully not, not much longer. Okay, because I know I was doing some research on it a while ago, and uh, the first uh, bill was in 2008, if I'm not mistaken. Absolutely. I mean, no one, no, one, no one can say that the wheel of justice turns fast. <laughs> Completely. So what would you tell people out there at this stage? What should they do? What shouldn't they do um, regarding the, the status at the moment? How should they protect themselves? It's actually what I'm asking. 
I think it must be very clear to both parties what they agree to, because you still have, even today without this legislation, um, I should say that the courts have come to the rescue of people numerous times. Um, and in terms of, um, say, uh, let's, let's use um, the example of a life partnership, since you mentioned that earlier. Yeah. We have a couple that's been together for 15 years. Um, there, the courts have recognized that there may be a maintenance claim for um, the mother who stayed at home and looked after the children um, in the event that there is an agreement between the parties that there would be a duty of support. In the same way, um, couples in that situation would be able to seek some patrimonial redress by using the universal partnership claim. So, you know, these, these sorts of things can be sorted out. Our courts have um, assisted people in the past who find themselves in such difficult situations. The problem is always that people don't speak to one another about this. It's not like a formal union where people have to sit down and take some advice with regards to what would be the consequences of our relationship. Yeah. Um, and therefore, you know, we left in a situation where we need to be very careful about what advice we give, because we're not necessarily certain that um, we could enforce um, claims for maintenance or a claim for the share of a patrimonial asset. Yeah. Yeah, so it comes back to he said, she said, and we know when the things, when the going gets tough, mm. uh, the winds, you know, the direction of the wind and the sails change a bit. Mm. Absolutely. The, the, the one couple, whatever I say. Mm. And uh, that is also one of the things that we are really working towards in the firm is for people to say, listen, a marriage is consisting out of two things. And I, and I wonder if you would agree with me. It stands on two legs. The one is the emotional and spiritual part of the mm. relationship of the marriage. And I say it takes 80% of effort to make that work. Mm. And signing the antinatural contract and signing the registration is actually not even 20% because I had a case last year, or last week, where they came in on Tuesday for an ANC and they got married on Friday. So yes. I would say it took about 1% of the effort. But it regulates so much. And mm. that document um, is setting them up for, for, for when the going gets tough. Mm. So no, that's absolutely true. Um, and that is the, the reason why um, the single marriage legislation must be promulgated because we need um, the additional relationships that exist protected. South Africa is a cosmopolitan society. We're in a very different um, stage than we were 30, 40 years ago when we had um, our common law um, that dictated a lot of our things, the constitution that's, that's been enacted. Um, has changed a lot of our thinking with regards to um, these sorts of relationships and the consequences that they should attract. Yeah. What is and I think everyone is entitled to the same sort of protection, not so? 
absolutely, absolutely. It's just uh, the unconsciousness that people live their lives with. And that's where my, my workshops about uh, life by design, marriage by design, divorce by design come in is, mm. come on guys, let's not just do it unconsciously. Let's plan, you know, it's, it's mm. all in the planning. Mm. And uh, if that is done properly, my experience is that it reduces cost, it reduces animosity, mm. and the long-term non-tangible non-monetary costs gets reduced, i.e. Mm. the cost on the children. No, absolutely. Um, and, you know, Mandy, it's not just true with regards to um, <clears throat> the people who are currently not protected um, in that we talk about the life partnerships or the religious marriages. This is also true for couples who do marry. Um, whatever um, statute may regulate that marriage for them, um, it is the lack of communication and forethought beforehand that causes a lot of the difficulties that we see when the relationship dissolves. Absolutely. What are one of your best examples? If you can say this was the best case with the best outcome, what would you say? Give us an example of that. <laughs> um, difficult to find best best case ones. Worst case ones are easy to find. But, you know, I'd say that uh, um, the best case ones are the ones where people come to you and you are able to say to them, listen, let's try mediation. Um, you know, people um, often don't understand what mediation is all about. So there's an element of education there. And the, the field of mediation is so um, wide and there are so many different options available, the types of mediation available to people um, that, it, you know, it, it, mediation can fit any couple um, anywhere. So, yes, I think the, the best outcome cases are the ones where one can send them into mediation, uh, where you have the right mediation mediator for the couple, and they do the right form of mediation, and even a high conflict um, divorce or separation can then be resolved in that mediation process. Those I count as wins. Yes, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Mm. Absolutely. And what would you say is the worst case that you handled? <laughs> <laughs> most, most recently, I'd say it was a matter which um, I was the mediator in seven years ago when uh, the couple came to me and they wanted to get married and they couldn't agree on the terms of the ANC. It took us two weeks of mediation to get to the point where they could agree on the on their um, contract. And at the time, I um, thought that we have actually created a blueprint for a divorce for them because <laughs> it was so detailed. Um, and unfortunately, I learned not long ago that the couple is in the process of divorcing and now they're fighting about the meaning of the clauses in their um, contract. So one can't win. Yeah, that is true. This is, a, mm. this is a no win situation if you enter the field of law. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think one of the most important things, Mandy, is to be able to let go um, and uh, not invest yourself 
too much emotionally. Um, I think it's important that one has um, empathy and compassion in order to um, connect with people so that they can trust you and trust the advice you give. But at the same time, you can't live their lives for them. You have to be able to let go. That is true. That is true. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's difficult. That's very difficult, particularly when you can see how they, how one little thing they do can have such consequences going forward. Because we've we've been there, <laughs> we've seen it happening for other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Julia, thank you so much. And in conclusion, is there any tip or two that you can give people out there that would listen to this podcast? Um, are we talking in the in the context of single marriage acts or um, life partnerships or generally? You as a practitioner of people, you see all of that. Mm. If there's one thing that you can say, ish, if people just. Yeah. You know, um, for me, it is all about proper communication. So um, talking things through and getting some advice early on is really invaluable. Um, And if you get to the end of the road and things are not working out the way you planned, it's also about um, trying to set emotions aside and uh, to do, to think rather about where you'd like to be in two or three years time than be caught in the present. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. And um, we will probably have you on if you are willing again, maybe on relocations. <laughs> <laughs> Those are difficult ones, indeed. <laughs> Thank you so much, Julia. Pleasure, Mandy. Bye. Bye. So, this was a podcast with Advocate Julia Anderson of the K Bar on the One Marriage Act. It sounds that there will still be some time before this act will be promulgated. So please take your precautions, people. Some of the things that Advocate Anderson highlights is the lack of communication between couples. And that if couples can take the emotions out of the divorce and separation, then it makes the legal process just so much easier. Advocate Anderson also highlights in this interview that unmarried couples land in trouble at the separation because their agreements were not properly communicated and agreed upon at the start of the relationship. This leads to high legal costs to prove the contract. So people, there are solutions to this problem. If you are in a life partnership please feel free to contact us for your 15-minute free consultation to discuss your options. Remember that currently you are not protected by the One Marriage Act and there is no common law in South Africa. Mandy Schultz, Schultz Incorporated Attorneys.